This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. So good to see you here. God bless all of you. I hope you had a good week. If not, it's not too late to start this one. Blessing the Lord on your week. Ooh, wasn't that good worship today? Didn't they do a great job? Amen. I tell you, I really harmonized with them today. I really make them sound good when you get by me. I'm just kidding, okay? Well, I welcome all of you here by live stream. Blessings to you if you're here and you need a Bible, once you raise your hand? Once you get your hand up, our ushers will gladly put the Word of God in your hand and we will go to Psalm 103, which has been our main scriptural reference for about 10 years now, no, a couple months. <laughs> Seems like that way. We'll just keep whacking away at it. Um, just as you're getting your Bible in, I'm going to give you a little time to go to Psalm 103. Again, if you need a Bible, get your hand up. You know, the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 4.1, he said, in these last days, many will depart from the faith. Literally stated, they will abandon the Word of God. They will quit looking to the Word of God. This is a strong warning. I believe we're really beginning to, to come into that time. And so in our lives, when we, when we call something not true, that is true, it doesn't change the truth, okay? And there's a lot of voices that are, are trying to come after our time right now. Stay with the Word of God, okay? I, I highly emphasize this. Stay with the Word. Okay, well, we've got a couple things we're going to do today to, to help us. Number one is I want you to see what God has desired you to, to see yourself as. And then two, again, there's things that God desires us to do with what he's given us. So we begin in verse 1 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. I bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who's the God who still forgives all your iniquities. No matter what you've done, he'll forgive them. He's the God who heals all your diseases. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the physician who redeems your life from destruction and who crowns you with loving kindness. Now, I'm going to stop right there. That's what we're going to do today. He crowns your life with loving kindness. Interesting words. The word love and the word kindness are both found in the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. So what would happen if we said, oh, Holy Spirit, begin to move in me. Deposit within me love and kindness. And some of you may say, well, is that, is that possible? The power of the Holy Spirit, it is. That his desire is to deposit with you love and kindness. So this starts out here that it says he's crowned you with loving kindness. The word crown itself it literally means to adorn. It, it means to dignify. It means to reward. I like this one. It means to complete. It means to authorize. Now let me ask you a question here. Who wears a crown? Kings and queens. And I say that to say this to you. Within every one of us in this room and every one of you on live stream, there's a king and a queen within you. Well, I didn't know that. Well, you're going to know that today. That God has marked you as a king and a queen. Now, turn with me to Jeremiah 31. And we're going to jump just in a couple passages of scriptures here to 
get some things in us today. I, I want you leaving today knowing that you're a king and a queen. Right, right here on this earth. Jeremiah 31. Once we get there, we will begin in verse number 3. Just one verse. The Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I've never quit loving you. I've never stopped loving you. My love for you never changes. It never fades. It never goes away. God's love for you. But our world has tried to train us to expect uh, uh, love to be conditional and temporary. So, so sometimes it's, it's difficult for us to begin to understand the covenant of God's love toward you. It never changes. God loves you every day the same. And he ends this verse and he says something interesting. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. I have drawn you. So within the word of loving and kindness is the word compassion. That the Lord has compassion for us. Now, go with me to the book of Romans chapter 8. And the goal here to start out is to continually to, to season you with this thought that God loves me. That God loves me. And I have this said a lot of times about human beings. When I look at them and say, God loves you, you know what they'll respond? No, God would love you, but God couldn't love me. Yeah, God can love you. And I think so many times people have the thought, well, God loves you because you're a minister. Well, the truth of the matter is, I'm a sinner, just like you. And I'm broken. I'm just a broken bunch of pieces. That's all we are. And so God loves me, but God loves you too. And I've got to get to a place in my life where I look and I think, God loves me. God loves me. Now, here's a little, little exercise for you right now. Can you say that about yourself? Can, can you say, God loves me? Oh, how God loves me. God really likes me. And if you can't do that, I pray the, the Word of God ministers you to today where you leave here knowing God loves me. Or you can look in the mirror today and say, God loves me. Apostle Paul writing, Romans 8, verse 35, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Now watch what he says here. Tribulation, troubles, distress, challenges, persecution, famine, which is hunger, nakedness, destitute, peril or sword, death. And he, he lists this right here and he says, can any of these events of life or these crises of life, can they separate us from the love of God? Now, when the apostle Paul writes about this, we must fully understand he has experienced every one of these things that he talks about. He's just not writing about them. He's lived through every one of these. And he says, who can separate us from the love of God? Now, this doesn't mean I'm immune from crisis, but even in these things of life that happen to us, that come after us, 
It doesn't stop God's love. Verse 38, same chapter. For I am persuaded, I am absolutely or fully convinced that neither death nor life, angels, principalities or powers, better stated, angels or demons, things present or things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what Paul does here, he gives us this inventory of all these things that will try to separate us from the love of God. But if you remember what he started with, he said, I'm fully convinced. I've, I've witnessed the love of God, that it never runs out. It's good. As long as we're on here on this earth, God's love is going to stay the same. It's going to be consistent toward me. Now, go back to the back of your Bible to 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to be in 1 John 3, and then I'm going to be in 1 John 4 just for a little bit here because I, I want you to see these things. I, I want the Bible to become so clear to you today that you begin to see this again, God's love for me. 1 John 3 verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. That word bestowed means he's lavished upon us. It's, it's over the top. It's more than I can imagine. Now look what he said. What manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. And, and right here, John is expressing astonishment of how incredible God's love is for us. Keep reading. That we should be called children of God. That we should be called children of God. But I don't deserve to be called a child of God. Well, that's what God's grace does. It qualifies me to be called a child of God. So right here off of this, the Lord is telling you his self-worth or your self-worth to him. He loves you. I'm a child of God. And I believe when we, we, when he see this here that we should be called children of God, I, I believe this is his identity that he wants to put in us. Do you see yourself as a child of God? But what the word says here, this must become my identity. He said, I'm a child of God. So if he said, I'm a child of God, then I'm going to go ahead and accept it. He goes on to say there, therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Or better yet, the reason the world doesn't recognize us is because they don't recognize or acknowledge the father. And so until we recognize and acknowledge the father, we can never see ourselves as children. So you know what he's saying there? You got to get born again. You got to get born again. That's how you become a child of God. Now, I'm going to throw a little thought here for you. When you get born into this world, you inherit your biological father's last name. What did you do to inherit his last name? I didn't do nothing. I just came tumbling out here in the world, and whoop, here I am. And I get my father's last name. And no matter what you do in this life, that last name is never rescinded. So as much as I messed up in life, 
My father never, when I came home, he never said, okay, you're, you lose the last name. Now, he never did that to me. He probably thought about doing that. But he never did it. See, that's what happens when we become children of God. When Jesus becomes Lord of my life, I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. Verse 2. Beloved, now. Woo, you may mark that one. Now, we are children of God. Now, I'm, I'm a child of God right now. And he wants us to get that in us, that this truth becomes my identity. I'm a child of God. You're a child of God. But watch the progression here. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So the Christian life is, is a progression the Lord wants us to grow up, and not only does he want us to grow up, his desire is we grow up to be more and more like him. So when you study Jesus' life, the Bible will say stuff like this. He was moved with compassion toward people. He was moved with loving kindness toward people. So God wants that to be in me and you. He wants us to know I'm a child of God. You know why? I can't give away what I don't have. And so I'm, I'm here on this earth to make a difference. I'm here on this earth with this crown on my head, this crown of righteousness, but that crown isn't for people just to stare at me, and that crown isn't for people to sit there and applaud me. That crown was used that I would imitate my father, and I'd love people the same way he did. Do you believe right now our world is in need of the love of God, the kindness of God? Man, our world is in need of this incredibly. But where do we think that's going to happen? He moves through us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. What a truth right here we get from this. Let this love continually pour from you to one another. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So the way I experience the love of God is I just keep getting around God, and I sense this love even in my life when I mess up. Verse 9. In this, the love of God was manifest or displayed toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world now watch this. Watch this statement. That we might live through him. You know what that means? We are to be his hands. We are to be his feet. We are to be his voice right here on this earth. He wants to love through you. He wants to love through us. How many have ever been around believers that are just so full of the love of God? When I was going to Bible school, me and Shelly, we lived in this little bitty apartment, and a couple uh, a car, apartment units over was this family that they were incredible. They were incredible. They displayed the love of God unbelievably. 
So I love to hang out. I mean, when you'd walk into their house, they would just boast on you. They would say, look, look how awesome. Can you see the love of God? And you would just sit there and you would soak it all in. I mean, you'd soak it in. And so one day Shelly had been at work and she came home to the house and she said, where have you been? And I said, why? And she said, because you have lipstick all over your cheek. And I said, I've been up at the king's house. That was their last name, the king's. And when you'd go into the king's house, oh, they'd embrace you with a kiss and they would love on you. So when I said that to her, she realized he's been around the love of God, people that show the love of God like Jesus asked us to. This is why he wants us to love. So do you begin to see something here? Jesus wants us to welcome his, I'm a child of God. You're a child. He wants us to get where we know that. Why? So we can imitate him. Now I'm going to shift a little bit here, okay? Go with me to 2 Samuel 9. 2 Samuel 9. And the reason I'm saying we're shifting is because I had to show you, you've got to get this on the inside of you where you know I'm a child of God, that his loving kindness is upon me. And then we go into action here. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verse 1. If you're not around a box of Kleenexes, you may want to get around a box of Kleenexes. Just a thought. Verse 1. Now David, now there's a progression here, and you'll see this, and I'll, I'll highlight it as we go, but it just says, now David... He said, is there still anyone who left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? That I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. So you see something in David's heart right here. I, I, I want kindness to be on display. Verse 2. And there was a servant in the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. So when they had called to him, to David, the king said to him, Are you Ziba? And he said, At your service. Then the king. Now remember in verse 1, it just highlighted, Then David. Now it says, Then the king. He said, Is there not still someone in the house of Saul to whom I may show the kindness of God? Now you begin to see a shift in verse 1. He said, That I may show kindness. This time he specifically says, I want to show them. The kindness of God. I, I want to imitate my heavenly father. Verse 3. And Ziba said to the king, There is still a son of Jonathan, but he's lame in his feet. Now it's interesting to me, he doesn't stop and say there's just the son, but he specifically highlights there's a son and he's lame in his feet. In other words, he's messed up. He's got some defects. To a degree, I, I wonder if he was saying he's unsuited or unqualified for him to receive your kindness or your blessings. Now, the reason he's lame in his feet is who this boy he's talking about when he was five years old, he was dropped by his nurse. And when he was dropped by his nurse, it messed his feet up. The reason I say that is 
How many people in our society have been dropped? Better stated, how many people in this sanctuary right now have been dropped in life? Something's happened to us. And oftentimes when we see people in the condition they're in, we don't have the thought they've been dropped in life. They've been hurt in life. They, they are living, walking, damaged goods. But they're lame in their feet. So I rewind woo, many, many moons ago now. I was hired at a utility company years ago. And my job was in the alleys. I, I lived in the alleys. And when I got that job, I thought, what a great job. But I didn't realize that God put me in there not just as a job, but he put me in those alleys as a minister. See, that's many of you right here. You look at your job as only a job. It's more than a job. God has put you strategically in some workplaces because he needs you there. He needs you to be the voice of love. He needs you to be the voice of kindness. So if you've never done much work in an alley, most alleys don't smell very good. And the clients that live in the alleys, almost all of them have been dropped in this thing called life. And so the people I would come across on a daily basis, they smelled. Many had the smell of the dumpster. Many were winos. Many were homeless. But you know what I begin to find out about these people? They're just like all of us. They just want to be recognized, and they just want to be acknowledged, and they just want to be valued. But the biggest truth of this, they didn't care how much I knew until they knew how much I cared. And something began to happen when I was just able to look at them and say, hello, good morning, how are you doing? And to a degree, you know what it was? You notice me. You see me even though I'm damaged goods. I got problems. And they all had names. Some of them weren't good names. Crazy Mary. One of the guys in the first service, he said, I remember those people, Nelly. He remembered one named Crazy Eddie, and I said, he's the one that was always on a bike, wasn't he? And he said, he was. And it began to move me. The, the congregation I began to get in the alley. And I began to love it. I, I, I enjoyed being able to be around them. I enjoyed giving them a, an orange. What, what an orange would do for one person. It would shock me. I remember one of them, he was a wino, his name was Gallagher, and sometimes I would be working, and he'd just come and stand and check me out and everything. And so there was a three-day weekend coming up, and he said, hey, you getting out of town for the three-day weekend? And I said, no, I'm not going anywhere. Just to be courteous, I said, are you going anywhere? And he said, nah, too many drunks out. <laughs> and I got so tickled, I thought, this is great, this is great. Well, I'd known him for years, the only thing I'd ever seen him on was a bike, and most of the time he was pretty drunk, but I had incredible conversations with him. 
And when Shelly was with me in the car, we could be going down that street in that area. And when they would see me, I, they would wave. Hey, what a man. Hey, what a man. You know what I found now? They just wanted to be acknowledged. They just wanted someone to say, you recognize me even though I've been dropped. Keep reading. So the king, here it is again, from David to the king, the king said to him, where is he? Now, it's a great statement there because you know what I see with the king? The king didn't mark him. The king didn't say, well, let's go to door number two, see who the next candidate is. No, he said, where is he? And Ziba said to the king, indeed, he is in the house of Meshur, the son of a mill in Lodibar. Now watch this, then King David, then King David, the one with the crown on his head, he sent and he brought him out of the house of Meshur, the son of a mill from Lodibar. Now when Mephibosheth, now this was the guy's name, Mephibosheth, don't, make, don't name your children stuff like that, okay? Don't do that. That's free. I'm kidding, okay? Lighten up. <laughs> now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, had come to David, he fell on his face and he prostrated himself. Now it's interesting. Think about this here. He sees King David. And he prostrates himself. Bows before him. Two, two truths off of this that I saw. One, he bowed, prostrated himself out of honor. But the one that came alive to me when I read this, the reason he did that, he felt so unworthy to stand before the king. I, I, I don't belong. I, I don't measure up. I shouldn't be in your presence. And I think about this. How many people when it comes to church, maybe you right now that are sitting in here, you have the same thought. I shouldn't be here. I don't measure up. Because of shame and guilt, who would even want me to come to church? But my thought off of that is, when did the church become for perfect people? We're all messed up. I'm not, Pastor. Well, I'm going to pray for you because you are extremely deceived. We're all just a bunch of broken pieces, kind of like Humpty Dumpty. We just got to be put back together again. And so when I read this here, this, this was a guy who was so beaten down, he fell on his face and prostrated himself. Then David said, Mephibosheth, and he answered, here's your servant. And David said to him, do not fear. I wonder if David discerned that Mephibosheth had an incredible fear. What's he going to do to me? Is he going to laugh at me? Is he going to mock me? Is he going to ridicule me? Is he going to crush me? What's he going to do? Watch the three things that he does, okay? And this is what I believe the Lord wants us to imitate. 
do not fear, for I will surely show you kindness for Jonathan, for Jonathan, your father's sake. My compassion for you is going to be on display. I'm going to show you kindness. And I will restore to you. And the word restore means to give back. It means to return. It means to re, uh, renew. Kind of like a forest fire that burns everything. It'll grow back. But he said, I, I want to restore to you the things of life that, that have been stolen from you. And he ends and says, and you shall eat bread at my table continually permanently I, I'm going to take care of you is what King David said and you would think right here Mephibosheth would say thank you Lord oh happy day but watch his response in verse 8 then he bowed himself and said what is your servant that you should look upon such a dead dog as I. Why would you notice me? Why would you even regard me? I am unimportant. I have no value. That was his view of his life. I'm nothing more than a dead dog. And I wonder how many people sitting here today are that way. Who would even know if I was gone? Would it bother you? Go ahead and answer that. Tell him Pastor Stormy said, get to church, you're late. Amen. So, 20 years ago, This church was meeting in a little, little building off of 50th and Q out in Briarcroft Court. There's some of you in here. If you were here in those days, raise your hand. Anybody here? There's some of you in here. Bless you. Thank you for putting up with me for 20 years. Thank you for putting up with me for telling this story again. This, this is supernatural why I tell it. Something happened on Friday, but anyhow, it was a Sunday morning. I was preaching the word and I remember I saw a guy come in the back and he began to walk around the back and he looked around and he sat down and I, I could tell when I saw him he had the wardrobe of a, of a homeless person. So after the service was over he asked one of our ushers if he could talk with me. And when that happened, it was normally this. The reason he wanted to talk to me is he wanted money. And that was my view. What does he want? Money? So he came walking up. And I never forget this. His clothes were soiled. He smelled like he hadn't bathed in days, weeks. Smelled like urine. And I looked at him and I said, 
how can I help you? And he said, I need to receive that Jesus that you talked about. This guy right here, I just shrunk. I said, Lord, I'm so sorry. My, my thought. Led him to Jesus and made sure he had food. And later that day, I was in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord said to me, don't you ever forget, I died for that smell. Don't you ever forget, I died for that smell. And it crushed me that I'm so busy in life. All the things that I have to do, all the things that are so important for me that I didn't have the time for a person who viewed himself as a dead dog. The Lord said this in John 13, 35. He said, They'll know you're my disciples by your love. Not by how spiritual you act, not by how many scriptures you know, but the tail of the tape is by your love. What type of grade do I get? Matthew 10, the Lord Jesus said, freely you have received freely give. I'm so grateful that he's crowned me with loving kindness, but do I give that? 1 Peter 3, 8, he said, be kind, loving, tenderhearted to one another. The word be means to demonstrate it, to put it into action. Same chapter, verse 13. So Mephibosheth dwelt in Jerusalem for he ate continually at the king's table. You know what that tells me? King David did precisely what he said he would do. He said, I'm going to take care of you. But watch how this verse ends. And he was lame in both his feet. He wasn't perfect but he sure was worthy to be loved and accepted. Wow. The love of God. The love of God. And how many times in our life do we go through this, time, this thing called life and I don't have time to smile. I don't have time to even greet someone to say hello. And could it be the Lord pulling the reins on us to say, I, I need you to slow down. I, I didn't crown you with just loving kindness just for you. I, I crowned you with that loving kindness to make a difference. I'm going to ask you to stand up right there where you're at.
what a challenge. Beloved, let us love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. This has warmed me out again that I said, Lord, let your love be on display from my life. Let it just roll out within me. See, you can be a righteous brother. You can be a holy roller. You can be most anything. You can be a child of a slum or a skid row bum, or you can be an earthly king. But without love, you're nothing. Without love, I'm nothing. I'm going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at. Remember, it said his love would draw us. His love would draw you. You may be sensing the love of God right now that's drawing you. That God's saying, that's my boy, that's my girl. And if you're here today and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, you may need to rededicate. You need to say, I, I, I need Jesus back in my heart. I, I welcome you to come forward right now and say, that's me. That's me. I, I need Jesus. I'm going to go back. Come on, Joe. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? The love of God has drawn these. Because the love of God is drawing them. Shouldn't we slow down enough to celebrate? Four of them are down here. I don't care if the, the roast burns. You know, the only thing that'll be in heaven is people. You know, if you're part of our prayer team, I, I, I just welcome you to come down here and put your hands on them and whatever else you have I, I, I believe every one of you are special special in God's eyes you know I'm going to ask all of you down here just from your heart right now just say dear Heavenly Father I come before you today as a sinner I ask you for, to forgive me of my sins, the things I've done to dishonor you. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I receive today, Lord Jesus, everything you died for me. I say with my heart I'm a child of God 
I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to bring up to start here is you're here today and Jesus has been Lord of your life, but you've said, I I, I can't say I'm a child of God. I, I can't even say that God loves me. If that's you today, I welcome you to come down here. We want to pray for you. We want to stir that back up in you where you understand that's my identity. I'm a child of God. I welcome you for that. And here's another one. I'm going to pray for all these. If you're here on this Sunday morning, And your answer is the same as Mephibosheth's. I'm nothing but a dead dog. If that's the way you view your life, and I'm, I'm, I'm sincere, I, I, I want to pray for you. I want our prayer team to pray for you. We don't want you to leave with that identity, okay? Number one, you're not a dead dog. And number two, you have been deceived that the enemy has tried to tell you that. And so I don't care how much you've messed up in life. I, I welcome you to come forward right now if you say, that's me. That's me. Don't, don't leave here with, with that on you. I, the first service, they started coming down. I, I welcome you to come down and say, that's me. I, I feel like I'm a dead dog. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. God's going to do something. He's going to move. He's got to get you down here. I'm going to start praying it. If you're, if you're needing a touch to be that identity, I'm a child of God, or that, that lie, the dead dog, I'm going to welcome you down here. Father God, you see all these ones down here right now. And Lord, we lay hands on them. We pray for them right now that you move within hearts right now all across your house, that you are marking hearts as children of the Most High. And Father God, we release in here in the name of Jesus that you've crowned us with your loving kindness. That Lord, you, you breathe that into ones right down here that, that they see themselves as that king and that queen. And Father God, the ones that have viewed their lives as nothing more than a dead dog, we stand against the lie and Lord, we speak over them right now that God has purpose for you that you would bless in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Now the last one is this. I don't know about you, I I don't want to waste my days. I I don't want to get to this end of the journey called life and look and think, I didn't demonstrate the loving kindness of God hardly ever. You know what I've said? I've said, Lord, baptize me in love and kindness today. Baptize me in your compassion today. Move within me, Holy Spirit. And if that's you today, as our team gets ready, I welcome you down here to say, here I am. Do something in me. I welcome you today. Go ahead, guys, sing.
Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.